for May 17th, 2021. I'm Avery Foley. I'm here with Dr. Jennifer Rivera and Roger Patterson. Hello. And we've got a wonderful live studio audience. You guys want to clap and say hello to all our online listeners? All you online listeners and viewers can clap too, but we just won't be able to hear you. So. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> oh, all right. As people jump on here, we got a couple things to mention. Uh, the first is we want to mention our Answers VBS program. VBSs are going to be gearing up across the country here pretty short, uh, mm -hmm. pretty soon. Um, but if you have not decided on one yet or haven't started planning yet, um, Mystery Island Tracking Down the One True God is our Answers VBS for 2021. Um, a really powerful curriculum looking at some of the attributes of God and how we know who God is, not from the culture around us or what we think about God, but from what his word says. So directing kids back to the word of God as their authority um, and to help them know who God truly is. Yeah. So, and while we want to have fun and we want to engage those kids, and often churches use this as a way to outreach into the community yep. and share the gospel with those who don't hear it regularly in church, uh, it's really a, a curriculum that's going to give you some meat and some mm -hmm. real truth, and it's going to look at the Bible and what it actually says, not just a bunch of fluff and games and tag a little Bible verse on the end. So a mm -hmm. uh, very, very meaty curriculum in that sense compared to most other uh, VBS curricula that are out there. Mm -hmm. You definitely want to check that out, answersvbs.com. Uh, and we're also going to be announcing our new theme for 2022 pretty soon. Um, and I've seen a little sneak peek, and it, I'm really excited about yeah, it. Yeah, I've been so. editing pieces for that already. So Very I can exciting. tell you for $10 off to the side. <laughs> so uh, yeah, be sure to, to um, follow our website and uh, like the Answers VBS Facebook page to get updates on that and see the grand reveal coming up in June for that. All right, the other thing we want to mention as people get on here is um, ABC Digital. So if you use our Sunday School curriculum, Answers Bible curriculum, uh, we have a digital platform as well to make that even easier for you uh, to share lesson plans, to um, you know just do all of those, organize your classrooms, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, so like that late night Saturday call you get as you're the, you're the organizer and one of the volunteers <laughs> can't make it and you got to figure out how to get the book from this person to that person. With the digital files, you don't have to worry about that. They've got access to those things mm -hmm. online. Mm -hmm. So anywhere you've got an internet connection, you can access those. So great tool. Mm -hmm. uh, lots of other resources are continuing to build into that mm -hmm. platform And as we well. often get asked by international churches who want to use ABC, but it's very expensive to ship it overseas, right? Yeah. So this is a great way of doing that if you're in a national church as well. Yeah. So contact us and we'll be glad to work out arrangements with you, especially for missions groups overseas and churches overseas. All right. So our first item here is our fun one. 15 French volunteers leave cave after 40 days without daylight or clock. So show of hands here, who would volunteer for 40 days to live in a cave? Now, what if we told you you one didn't person. have to answer your cell phone? No cell Nobody. phones, no news, no <laughs> oh, politics. Oh, there's, yeah. More no. hands are going up. All right, awesome. <laughs> yeah, so this group of volunteers went, like it says, and lived for 40 days and nights inside this cave. And researchers were um, using some different uh, methods to kind of track and monitor them to see how they do without any kind of clock or anything to regulate their sleep cycle or day-night pattern, anything like that. Yeah, I heard this on the way home um, a week or so ago listening to the radio and a story about this. And it was very intriguing to think they're going into this cave. We don't uh, think about these things all the time, but we have lots of clues and cues around us, both um, digital and um, analog, if you will, the, the sun going down and all those types of things mm -hmm. that tell our bodies how to set a rhythm for our life. 
And we call that the circadian rhythm, and there are other types of rhythms that our bodies follow. But these folks didn't have any of those cues for their minds to recognize and understand when they should be going to sleep. So one of the gentlemen wound up on basically a 36-hour day. So he would sleep for eight or nine hours and then be awake for that extended 28-hour hour period of time and go back I to sleep. I would not be that person. So others <laughs> had much shorter cycles. I'd be so. catching up on all the sleep I've lost over the last four years of having children. <laughs> Just me in the corner over there. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite things was when they were talking about how they were regulating temperature, they were actually giving them like a little tiny thermometer inside thermometer a capsule, capsule that they would then swallow so they could monitor their temperature until it was expelled naturally. <laughs> uh, so I thought that was pretty fascinating. And it would transmit all the information back to the computers that were monitoring yep. Uh, how they were doing. So yeah. what I thought was interesting was when they told them, "Okay, you can come out now." No one, had, no one knew it had been 40 days. Mm -hmm. Some people thought it had been as little as 23 days had passed. Other that people was thought their, it was like 30 sleep days. Cycles they had gone through. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And some of them actually said they wish they could have stayed longer and, and weren't ready to leave. And Again, I, think, I would not be one of those people. I spent one <laughs> night in a cave with the Buddy Davis spelunking activity that uh, down at Cumberland Caverns, and I couldn't wait till morning. It was just so, it's 100% humidity, and like so your sleeping humid. bag's wet, everything feels Ugh. moist. It's yep. not pleasant, no. Quite the adventure, anyway. <laughs> All right, this next one comes from Christian Headlines. Evangelical Lutheran Church of America elects first transgender person as bishop. So this is coming from the ELCI denomination, which is a very liberal denomination of the Lutheran Church. Um, and they have just elected um, the very first transgender bishop, not just in their denomination, but I believe in the entire U.S. and any major Christian denomination, um, as yeah, a bishop in that church. And a lot of people are celebrating this, but again... <laughs> Others are concerned. <laughs> a little bit concerned. <laughs> so we think about the ELCA, we would understand that they've been wayward for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, they, I think it was 2006 or so when they brought in their first um, homosexual mm -hmm. uh, pastor, and those different roles have been filled, uh, pastoral roles by women, and other things that they've been moving away from what the Bible would teach on those issues. And so uh, some people have jokingly said that the A in ELCA doesn't stand for America, but for apostate. And that's a sad reality, but they're, they're moving so far away from these truths that they can't even recognize clear scriptural teachings. And mm -hmm. one, of the, one of the comments by uh, this candidate for the bishop and who's now been elected uh, talked about how Lutherans have once again declared that transgender people are beautiful children of God. Now, we can't deny that everyone, every human of any different ethnicity, of all the disabilities we think about, all of those types of things, everyone is made in the image of God. But that's a different question from, are you a child of God? Because yes. if we mm -hmm. use a biblical definition of that, mm -hmm. John 1.12 tells us that all who received him, who received Christ, they were given the right to be called children of God. So not everyone is a child of God mm -hmm. if we use a biblical definition. But it doesn't seem to matter to these people. They set aside those biblical categories and ignore them as they're seeking to glorify these things that God would call sin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, in an interview with uh, Cosmopolitan Magazine back in 2017, um, before she was a bishop, but she was a pastor in the church, she said, using faith to tear other people down is not good news. 
But how do you define what good news is? And how do you define what is tearing other people down? Because probably in her definition, us speaking the biblical truth that God has created male and female is tearing people down and it's not good news. But the gospel is literally good news. And it's the message you have to repent of your sin and turn to Christ and receive the free gift of salvation. You can't just keep living in your sin. And she's been very active for a long time. She's been... Mm -hmm. uh, 2006. Very, yeah, very pro-LGBT. She's been published in multiple things. Uh, there is a children's book series she has out. It's called Good News uh, for Children. I would just cautious you to be really careful if you pick up children's books, especially if they mm -hmm. appear religious, uh, to just find out who that author is. Because uh, she mm -hmm. definitely, one of her books is actually titled uh, is, is a Boy, Girl, or Both. So she's definitely yeah. even pushing her agenda in the children's books. And another quote here, she said, we need to all be as loud and as angry as the people who want to declare that there are types of people God can't love. And thinking again, back to those biblical categories, mm -hmm. it's not that God is unable to love certain people or me as a, what I would hope to be a biblically faithful Christian, looking at other people and seeing the fruit in their lives, not condemning them of my own interest, but of what God's word says. Mm -hmm. uh, Psalm 711 says, God is a just judge and he's angry with the wicked every day. So there can't mm -hmm. be any good news of salvation from sin if none of these things are sin. There can't be any good mm -hmm. news if God doesn't have wrath towards sin mm -hmm. and if that wrath hasn't been turned back and been propitiated in the person mm -hmm. and the work of Jesus Christ. And in the Christian being indwelled by the Holy Spirit and living a life of faithful obedience, not of our own ability, but of what God has worked through us and the Spirit enables us mm -hmm. to do. So there's huge category errors and just ripping out chunks of the text that have yeah. to be uh, thrown aside to be able mm -hmm. to believe these things. And, and redefining words. Like what does the people that God can't love, like what does the word love mean? In, in her mind, probably something like acceptance and celebrating what, the lifestyle that I want to live and the, the person who I believe that I am. But in Romans, it talks about how God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And like Roger was saying, if there's no bad news about sin, there is no good news about Christ. Like if, if we're not sinners, then why did Jesus come and die on the cross? The whole gospel just falls apart. And the, it, you have to have both in a biblical worldview. Yeah, and you think about one of the classic passages, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11 or 12, and mm -hmm. it talks about all these different sins that people have committed. And in that list, I bet you can find yourself. So many people mm -hmm. will say, well, they just sin differently than us. Well, that's true. We can all recognize that we're sinners, if we even acknowledge that category. But the difference is, from a biblical perspective, I want to try to be agreeing with God about my sin and that he sees that as a terrible thing mm -hmm. and a, a sin against him, even if it's not against other people. And so I agree with God about my sin. She's not agreeing with God about the sins mm -hmm. that she's trying to celebrate. She wants to make God agree with her. Yes. <laughs> That's not it's, how it's it a, works. It's an on its head <laughs> philosophy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This next one comes from Christianity Today, or sorry, Christian Today. Um, school chaplain challenges dismissal over LGBT views. So this is a story that kind of has a bit of a history. Back in 2019, January of 2019, this chaplain, who's a chaplain of a Church of England school over in the UK, he was at getting asked some different questions by students at the school um, who were asking questions like, okay, why is a, the Church of England school 
trying to push these LGBT views on us? Like, do we have to accept these things? And so he preached this sermon basically saying, no one can force you to believe anything. Look at the different ideologies and choose what you want to believe. If you want to go with historic biblical Christianity or not, like no one can force you to do that. We, we have freedom. Well, you have freedom, supposedly, but he quickly found out that's not really the case when he was, um, he was fired for or put on administrative leave for what he said and then reported to the UK's terrorism watch group. Because if you agree <laughs> with the Bible about what sin is, you must be a terrorist, even though uh, you're teaching yeah. what are the views of the state church of England, of the UK. But you think a chaplain in a school of the Church of England would be supposed to support, but apparently not in this school. Yeah. <laughs> and even his sermon, which we all read and we all yeah. kind of agreed, is very gray. It's, yes. I yeah. felt he didn't take as strong of a stand as he should have in that mm -hmm. opportunity. He definitely was not bold in his faith. It wasn't a pulpit pounder no. by any means. No, it was no. Very <laughs> he said some good the things, road. but there's right. also some things that were very fuzzy and very soft mm -hmm. and very gray yes. in there. Um, yeah. And that was enough. Even that, not a very right. hard-hitting mm -hmm. thing, was enough for him to face all this disciplinary yeah. action. And so as this program was being brought into the school and it was being taught to the students, it was being taught to the faculty, he was trying to stand up against those things. And in my mind, he's doing what he's called to do as a pastor for that school, basically, to guard the flock, to mm -hmm. warn the sheep that there's danger over there. Yep. And for that, he's being... Um, shouted down and there was a very interesting uh, section in here it talks about the the training that mm, the teachers yeah. received from this yes. pro lgbt <laughs> group uh, educate and celebrate and notice even in the name it's not just tolerate it's celebrate if you're not mm -hmm. celebrating us you're not doing it good enough so this educate and celebrate teacher taught these uh, other teachers who were over the school and one of the things that they had to chant, or they got them to chant, was smash heteronormativity. And all that means is smash what God says is true, mm -hmm. because male and female is how God created At a people. supposedly Christian school, that's what the teachers are being taught to chant. Um, and so, I can imagine, especially yeah. why the students would be coming to him, yeah, as probably like, one of their theology teachers, I would think, or their Bible teachers, and saying, we don't understand, you know, why all this is in our curriculum, but yet you're teaching right. us, you know, a biblical... Disagrees with right. what the Bible says. Yeah. 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 So um, he's now suing that particular school for discrimination, harassment, victimization, and unfair dismissal. Yeah, this began um, back in 2019, yeah. so we're finally getting to kind of the final, what will probably mm -hmm. be one of the final court, court cases. Month, mm -hmm. so. And we've got some great resources as a ministry. Uh, I hope you know one of the things we like to do is help equip people. So we're here to equip the church, equip the saints for the work of ministry and come alongside local churches in those things. So we've got a video here, uh, Are People Born Gay? Dr. Georgia Purdom looks at that very important question. And as we think about all these issues that are popping up in our culture, we need to have a biblical response for those. But people are often looking for a scientific response too. And we can use that as evidence that kind of comes alongside mm -hmm. the Bible. But uh, Dr. Purdom does a great job of laying out both the scientific facts and the biblical facts that point to that's not the case. And even if we are, it's because we're born sinners. We're born mm -hmm. with a broken nature uh, that has been broken since Adam. And we all need to recognize that sin and, and turn to Christ. Mm -hmm. All right, this next one comes from New Scientist. Brain's Movement Control Center may have had key role in our evolution. 
the, so this is talking about the different parts of the brain and how evolutionists have kind of thought only certain parts really had to do with evolution, parts that have to do with our consciousness and things like that. And now they're, they're saying, oh, well, actually, maybe other parts, like the cerebellum part in the back of your head here, maybe that part actually had some stuff to do with evolution, but we're not really sure why or how, but there's differences between humans and primates, so they must have evolved those differences at some point. So normally we would think of the higher functions that humans can do as opposed to the apes. From an evolutionary perspective, that's really the only difference. We're just highly evolved primates, highly evolved They list evolved us apes. in the article as other primates yeah. in the article. So the, the uh, wrinkly parts of your brain, that prefrontal cortex, and the cortex of the brain where we think of the higher processing skills, things like emotions and planning and all of those pieces that we do as humans that the animals don't. Those were the kind of the key focus areas for evolutionists. But now as they start to explore more, they're finding there are some, some big differences. And specifically, they're looking at some of the uh, methylation patterns and the DNA structure and those types of things that would explain how all of these different creatures who, think they, who they believe are related in this tree so humans are up here and chimps are here and rhesus monkeys are over here. So they should be able to find patterns of uh, the changes in those structures over time as they perceive it in these uh, different gene expressions. So it's an interesting idea, but it's really all based in the assumption that mm -hmm. evolution is that true. we're all related. Yeah, it's interesting because mm -hmm. they actually did find some differences. Uh, and they say, especially in the processes that are relative to learning, which kind of makes sense, why we see distinct differences in humans. Mm -hmm. Our learning is distinctly different and we're image mm -hmm. bearers of God. And so we would expect to find those distinct differences mm -hmm. and not similarities. Even though, you know, some primates are somewhat intelligent, they can be trained to learn right. certain things. Yeah. Uh, but they'll never be able to sit down and write computer code, so it's <laughs> not going to no. happen. <laughs> I can't even do that. So. <laughs> yeah. My husband does that for a living. All right. Uh, early humans lived in the South African cave two million years ago, making it the world's oldest home. So if you ever wonder what the world's oldest home looks like, this is what they believe it looked like. It's not that pretty, to be honest. It really isn't. <laughs> So this is a cave. Maybe in. these people were doing an experiment back in the day, <laughs> and they were seeing how long they could live in this cave. Yeah. So this is a South African cave where they've gone in and examined the the layers of soil that are on the ground, and even looking at the the walls and looking for burn marks or soot marks, soot residue left on the ceilings and the walls. And they've determined that uh, using a quartz uh, mineral that can be blown in with the wind as part of the sand. They've determined they can age that supposedly and based on the uh, geomagnetic properties of the earth and the magnetic properties of these minerals, they can determine how old these layers are because as the article states, everybody agrees about these geological or the magnetic reversals that the earth underwent. And the exact timing the exact too, timing. not just the exact, agree, the exact timing. But if even one of the assumptions in that, in that exact timing is wrong, the whole thing just falls apart falls and it's apart. not exact anymore. Mm. <laughs> and they rely on a lot, I mean, obviously if you're looking at, especially when we talk about, you know, the cosmetic as they, the cosmogenic nuclides as they talk about, uh, there, it, that dating method relies on assumptions. They were, mm -hmm. you know, they're assuming that certain processes that were in place, uh, that things haven't changed, and you know that's just not the case. Yeah, and, even mm -hmm. as the magnetic field of the Earth changes, the different amounts of 
uh, cosmic rays that mm -hmm. are coming in and mm -hmm. affecting those chemicals is gonna change. Mm -hmm. They think they can pinpoint those things and nail everything down, but the, uh, like Avery said, they're just layers of assumption built here. Mm -hmm. And the other very interesting mm -hmm. thing to me is they're saying this was a human ancestor cave that was used two million years mm -hmm. ago. That well, had fire and tools, yeah. things mm -hmm. like that. In their view, humans, modern humans, weren't even around at that point. So they're stretching mm -hmm. those things back much further. Mm -hmm. And so rather than being humans, they have to acknowledge Jesus some human ancestors. Early human ancestor. Early human. Yeah, they never define which one they think it is. Yeah. Um, but some early human ancestor knew how to use fire two million years ago and knew how to make tools and lived in this cave. Um, but in a biblical worldview, this is people post-flood, post-babel, as they spread out over the world. Caves make excellent shelter from the elements. And um, so people used caves for a time to live in and make their homes there. And mm -hmm. this is just some evidence that they left behind. So yeah. not two million years ago, just... We were just up in Hocking Hills, my wife and I hiking uh, last week, and nice cave structures there where if I were out hiking around and needed a place to stay for the night, it'd be a great mm -hmm. place to be. Mm -hmm. All right, this next one comes from Fox News. Canadian pastor whose Easter confrontation with police went viral, arrested after holding church service. So we talked a while back on the show about Pastor Jim Coates, who was arrested in Alberta, Canada, my home country. Um, this is another pastor. And since then, there's been a third pastor who's been arrested. And this pastor was arrested with his brother. So we've got four different individuals, at least now, who've all been arrested in relation to holding church services in Alberta, Canada. And just watching his arrest, you can actually watch it on YouTube because I believe the third person in the vehicle was filming the entire incident as uh, he was arrested along with his brother. Mm -hmm. And it's just very moving to watch, you know, and you can just hear the pastor, especially because he has his background. He grew up in Poland and under communist mm -hmm. regime. And, and he says this is the same thing. That, right? He's seeing this yeah. now play out in Canada. Uh, and it's, yeah. I would highly recommend just watching that because yeah. it's, it's moving. In mm -hmm. the first video that kind of went viral, uh, you hear him on the stairs of his church during a service telling the police who had come in to give tickets or whatever they were there for to leave. And they were violating the Charter of Rights. That, that's mm -hmm. the uh, Constitution of, of yeah. Canada, basically. Mm -hmm. And so thinking about that, he told them, go get a warrant and, and you don't come back without a warrant. Because those are the types of tactics that he would have experienced there in mm -hmm. Poland, growing up in that communist era. And so they did. And sadly, there was uh, one of the judges on the Queen's bench was willing to write a warrant. And mm -hmm. that basically said any large gatherings or social groups or anything like that, those people could be arrested and, and cited for uh, violating what they basically see as a health code violation because mm -hmm. they're contributing to the spread of COVID. But this COVID is not spreading widely in those communities. And it's, mm -hmm. very, it's a very interesting tactic. And, Many people see this without getting too deep into uh, conspiracy theories, but as, as plots for um, Marxist and socialist regimes to start exercising control and seeing mm -hmm. how far they can push the limits. And mm -hmm. it's, it's at this point where we have to stand up and say, God is the one who's in authority mm -hmm. here. We will worship God as he's called us to and not mm -hmm. submit to the rules of man. Mm -hmm. Now, there may be times when it's appropriate to Hold, hold off on a service because there's a massive pandemic, but at this point, that's clearly not the case. And so mm -hmm. uh, we, can, we can applaud his efforts here and hope others mm -hmm. will be uh, imitating yeah. those things. I know there's a lot of Canadians being from Canada. I know lots of Canadians who have very different opinions on the lockdowns and whether they're effective and all that. But regardless of what you think about the lockdowns, 
you should be concerned that pastors are being arrested in Canada for holding church services, regardless of what you think about the health measures. These are pastors in the free country of Canada, supposedly, the true north, strong and free, who are being taken from their churches and arrested. And, and there's churches that are being ticketed and fined and things like that for daring to host a church service. And just think about how that's going to play out down the road when the precedent is sent with things like LGBTQ issues. We know there's a lot of legislation in Canada that makes it hate crimes to speak out against those kinds of things. We're seeing a so, lot of that in the UK, in the UK right now yes, as pastors yeah. are being arrested. Mm -hmm. I mean, we just saw that, that chaplain who was reported to a terrorism watch group. So just think about how that's going to play out in a few years. We should be really concerned and we should be praying and we should be standing up for, um, regardless of what we think about the health rules, we should be standing up for the rights of Canadians to be able to freely gather and worship the Lord, um, regardless of what the government may deem. Um, regarding health and safety, because they'll take that and twist it and use it for other things as well. We know that. We've seen that in the past. So, And for those officers, be. too. If you watch the video, I mean, I, I just feel like you can tell that they're just bothered by, and I know they're probably trying to keep their job, and there's, right, you know, they have yeah. families to support, and so they don't want to just blatantly go against you know what they're mm -hmm. asked in order to do, but yeah. I, I still think we just need to pray for them as well, because it's got to be very mm -hmm. difficult. There's a tale there looking back to that period of communist and German control mm -hmm. all over uh, that region of, of Europe, and there were so many people who just said, I'm just going to do my job and keep my head down and not worry about what's going on around me. They didn't know what was going on in those camps that were on the other side of the mm -hmm. road tracks mm -hmm. because they didn't care to know. And mm -hmm. as Christians, we need to be uh, lovingly asserting our rights as we have the opportunity to mm -hmm. so that we can protect others. Mm -hmm. Don't do it out of a selfish motive, but for the benefit of others. Mm -hmm. But if persecution does come to the churches in Canada, mm -hmm. in America, we also need to remember that our right to proclaim the gospel doesn't come from the government. That comes from God himself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We always have the right to proclaim the gospel, and we always should. There may mm -hmm. be consequences we don't like, but mm -hmm. that's, that's probably one of the reasons the church in China is growing so much mm -hmm. right now. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. All right, this next one comes from the scientist. Dinoflagellate genome structure, unlike any other known. Now, this was a fascinating article, right, Avery? It was so, it was so <laughs> fascinating. I read it, and I thought, I'm glad Roger's on the panel today. <laughs> so, very cool article here thinking about um, dinoflagellates. You all know what those are, right? <laughs> No, okay. So you know what a red tide is, that uh, algae bloom out in the ocean that turns the uh, sea red and has a little poison element to it that can kill fish and, and uh, other types of sea life. And so this is a dinoflagellate much like that. These, uh, this particular one is a symbiont of corals. So the colors that you see in corals generally don't come from the animals themselves, but from these algae or, and dinoflagellates that live inside little pores on their bodies, and they cooperate together. The algaes make sugars for the coral, and the algaes get a nice little place to live. It's a good symbiotic relationship. They're both benefiting. So this, uh, this study was trying to really look at the genetic structure of those. Now, if you think about humans, we have uh, pairs of chromosomes that are uh, structured in, our DNA is structured into, and we've got all these proteins they wrap around in different lengths, and we can uh, look at them and tell which ones, oh, that's chromosome number three just by the shape of it. But in bacteria, they're much simpler. They might be loops or other types of things. Here, what they found was a very interesting structure of rods, where the DNA is structured around these rod-shaped um, structures inside the cell, 
And there are like 94 of them. That's more chromosomes than we have. By, <laughs> Quite by a double. few more than we have. <laughs> and they're structured this way, and it's, it seems to be a different way of gene regulation and expression that was a kind of a fascinating thing for me. I know not all of you geek out on those things, but we're understanding more about the diversity of God's yeah. creation. And the complexity of it. I mean, the more that we look and study even supposedly simple organisms, the more we realize how much we don't know and how amazingly complex and diverse God's creation is. He didn't just use mm -hmm. one thing. He often used very different ones in yeah. order to accomplish similar mm -hmm. purposes. Same basic structures there. We've got DNA and a structure mm -hmm. that can be regulated by different proteins, but mm -hmm. uh, very different from what we find in our bodies. And this could have implications for different type of uh, research and way to control red tides and things like that in the future. As we understand more about these creatures, we can uh, study them, get to know them. Uh, if they're beneficial, we can grow them and, and use them for our benefit. If they're detrimental like these often tend to be, we can uh, help control them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, this last one here comes from Live Science. Is there a pattern to the universe? Astronomers are getting some answers to an age-old question, which I don't think is the best subtitle for this because it's more like astronomers are getting confusion. <laughs> you read through the article and it's like, well, there's maybe a pattern, but then there's not a pattern, but then there's sort of a pattern, but maybe not, but we don't really know yet. It was a very clear article, very clear. <laughs> Lots of voids and filaments and, and cosmic webs and, and webs, and, and yeah. we really don't know. Right. So looking at, looking at this from the Big Bang perspective, that evolutionary perspective that we wouldn't understand to be a biblical view, uh, the, they would have expected if this Big Bang happens from one area and expands out, these, uh, these astronomers expected that it would have been pretty homogeneous and that it wouldn't have had a lot of voids and gaps in it. It should be pretty solid. Um, and that's not exactly what they're finding. They're finding that there are all these strings and walls of where galaxies seem to be spread out in lines. Now we've got to ask the question, is this an artifact of the way we're surveying them and the way our telescopes are looking right, uh, yeah. through the sky? Because we know we, can, we can't look through the Milky Way galaxy and see things on the other side. So we've got a big a zone where we don't have any information there. But as we're getting mm -hmm. more and more data and they're starting to structure these things, if you've been up to the planetarium upstairs, uh, you've seen some of those things in our Stargazers planetarium show created Cosmos. Uh, mm -hmm. You get some of that superstructure of the universe. But is that going to really play out over time? And we have a, an article on our website called Fractals Hidden Beauty by Dr. Jason Lyle that talks about this kind of pattern that they think might be, as Avery mm -hmm. said, this might be Maybe. kind of the structure uh, <laughs> where we get the, whether you look at it on a macroscopic scale or you zoom into little portions, mm -hmm. you kind of see a repeating pattern. And it feels like you're falling down a hole and seeing the same things over and over again. And they're suggesting this might be what the universe structure looks like. And if it is, it'd be a really cool design feature that mm -hmm. God worked into that. Mm -hmm. What's so amazing, though, is it tells us in Genesis 1 that God just spoke it into existence. And you yep. think about the complexity of it, so much we don't even understand. Yeah. It's just mm -hmm. so vast, your mind can't even just, mm -hmm. you know, And I love how, like you were it. saying, how Genesis describes it. it. Not a lot of detail, just, and he made the stars also. <laughs> All these hundreds of billions and billions and billions of stars and galaxies and everything there is out in outer space, and we just... God made the stars also. Like, that's how powerful he is. Yeah, it's just no big deal. Like, God oh, made yeah, the stars also. By the way, also. he did this too. Yeah. Yeah. 
just uh, mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah. So there's more about the beauty and diversity in God's mm-hmm. creation. Whether we are looking at the genome of a little teeny tiny microscopic creature or we're looking out at the heavens, we just see the beauty and the diversity of what God has made and the complexity of what he's made everywhere. And it's just a confirmation of Romans 1 that it's obvious from creation that there is a creator, there is a designer, mm-hmm. whether you're looking at genomes or looking Man. at Clarifying cosmos. question from uh, Ken's Facebook page. Carrie says, you keep saying she, is this a biological female? Talking back, back to the, the, the bishop, bishop who's just been elected in oh. the ELCA. So was, go ahead and try and explain <laughs> we try, this. We, it was difficult to figure out because trying, yeah. the, the bishop is, claims to be a transgender person, but uses they, them pronouns. And then this person's name is Megan, which would imply a female, but Megan was a lesbian as a teenager. So we think, we're pretty sure, biological female identifying as a male. But because there's so many fuzzy words and so much purposeful shrouding of, yeah. of the truth, it's pretty difficult to figure out. But I haven't tried to find out. I like sure. Googled it. I was like trying to find out what what is her biological sex, couldn't find it. Yeah, and all the news articles all use like they, them and stuff. So yeah. That's the best answer we can give to that one. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. But um, the Answers News team will be back again on Wednesday with a whole new new slew of crazy articles to talk about. So be sure to join us then. And until then, God bless and have a great week.